So this bolt of lightning shot across the universe and inspired me with the idea that we have to do a podcast. And that's what I wanted to tell you. We should do a podcast. Okay, bye. I did it. I okay. just did it. I did it. All right. Oh, I should have thought to get a glass of water. I'm all- oh, that, go get one right now. We'll just like run out the front of it and then we'll start. All right. Yeah. Hang on one sec. Yep. So those of you who are listening are probably laughing right now that I left this in the recording and I totally did. And then we're going to start the podcast in just a minute. Um, Those of you who are new to this podcast, please go see some earlier ones where we're a little more professional at this point after the pandemic. It's just insanity. So I had mixed. All right. Save the day. Save the day. Now I won't be like hacking and coughing all the way through this. Yes. Which is important for our (laughs) listeners sanity. Um, Right. Right. Okay. So, uh, yeah. So, welcome to Feature Creep, colon. Built-in microwave, semicolon. Woo! We're back um, <clears throat> again. Again, yeah, we're again. Back. Yes. We're going to tentatively call the title of this episode Rat Dad. Rat Dad, uh, in which we reboot, reboot uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Um, Mm -hmm. But with a focus on Master Splinter's backstory and telling the entire tale from his first person perspective. I I actually really dig this. Um, (laughs) But before we go there, we should rehash some of the things we're talking about, which I was just recently... Uh, yes. Well, I was telling you, I think there's a recent, there's like a very recent movie that was released. Um, I think there was a like, so from our generation, like we were born in the early 80s, late 70s. Um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, I think came out like 1980 something, 85. Yeah, or something let's like see. Um, I'm checking it out here. All right. Well, while you do that, I'm just going to say I was telling you off the top of my head, I thought there was like at least two new movies from our point of view, but the most recent one was probably just a couple years ago. And then before that, I think there was a new, a new one from our point of view as well. But yeah. So there was, uh, there's an upcoming movie called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem, and it's being produced by Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg and James Weaver. So, you know, it's going to be fucking great. Right. right. Um, cause like they're prime, like you were saying, they're also seventies children. Yes. Um, and so they're like, prime age for the reboot like this the reboot for them is like capturing a part of their psyche because they yes. grew up with it so it's going to yeah. be really good as opposed to like adults trying to sell it to kids right. um or so, or it's going to be like the most trash in the best possible way like, right yeah <laughs> like Could when, be. when uh what was that um that show that's that seth did uh that i recommended to you with the with the like rat hole to rat hole um oh future oh. man Yes, Future Man is so good. And I just like, I just was like, this is like the worst show. Like, it's all the worst puns. It's like, it just goes downhill. It's like, but anyway, um, in the yeah, greatest well, way. Like, it was just like, of course, it's like just dick jokes and terrible potty humor, like the whole fucking time. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Seth Rogen was in this really hilarious movie about pickles. Like he was a pickle maker who falls into a vat of pickles and comes back in the future. Really? I don't think I even have heard of this. I I didn't realize it was Seth Rogen until like 
an embarrassingly long amount of time into the film. Like five minutes in, I'm like, oh, holy shit, it's Seth Rogen and it's a funny pickle movie about time travel. Anyway, <laughs> I can't remember what, uh, maybe it's on like, it's on like Netflix mm-hmm. or. Well, people can look that up, but let's yeah. get, we got to stay on topic because anyway, that's one right. thing we do really well stay on this podcast. Stay on topic. So um, there was a 2007 yes. TMNT. Yes. And then there was also like. That's the an, new one I'm thinking of, quote. Yeah. Quote. Well, maybe you might also be thinking of the Michael Bay produced film, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Out of the Shadows, which was a, like, it's an animated film. Um, I don't know, like. The, that one came out in 2016. It was live action. Oh, yeah. That's what I was thinking of as well. Okay. Like, I knew there were recent ones since the cartoon. When did the original gotcha. cartoon air? Roughly. Fuck. We were like children. Let's see yes. here. I have to jump around to a different Wikipedia page. Ah, um, yes. To find out about the original. Well, I, I, you know, while you're talking about that, I just was thinking or looking for that. I was thinking about... Um, it was such a funny time for cartoons because I think, um, I think TMNT like took off in a way that people didn't expect. And then like all these people tried to like jump on the bandwagon. Like there was like, was it like street sharks or something? There were like these other cartoons that were just like, Oh, well if we take some weird random animal and then shove them into like a human role, like if we just, uh, a fighter role. Yeah. Like a fighter. Yeah. Human fighters on the streets being sharks. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) you know, it's like, uh, (laughs) anyway. Um, yeah. The original cartoon came out in 1987. 87. Okay. So it was a few years early, but yeah. Um, Yep. And then there were, there's been like a bunch of different animations and a bunch of future films. Yes. And they've all kind of been like directed and had hands put on them by different people over the years. And so, right. Right. um, Yeah. I really appreciated, like, I really liked the April character in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles because like she wasn't like totally helpless. (laughs) No, she had a fucking job and she like did her shit. Like she was like a reporter and they like chased after the news and was like tenacious about shit. And like, yeah, I mean, I remember watching that cartoon and I was like, Oh, this seems like more real, like a person who takes some, some charge of their autonomy and makes use of it in ways that aren't just like my one job is to be helpless and saved all the time. (laughs) Yeah. I'm, I'm the crisis that justifies the existence of these heroes. Right. Yes. Right. Right. (laughs) Like she was like a friend and like she was involved and there were plots. I mean, at least in my mind, like I have not watched the cartoons in a long time and probably some people who've done a better critical analysis can weigh in and give a, a much better, um, critique of that but yeah uh yeah yeah i also liked um casey jones like his character totally cracked me up yeah and who's the guy who played him in the live action movie do you remember what is his name Mm -mm. i fuck i may elias coteus oh okay yeah who is also in the movie crash which is really fucking good yeah maybe not as good as book but anyway uh i always really liked his character i thought he was great yeah um but yeah like i want i want to have a reboot that's told like i don't want the continuing adventures of yeah i want like the spinoff i want i want the star wars never ending yes like let's explore these characters like what the fuck happened between this and this and Mm -hmm. and who is the shredder guy anyway like what is his deal why yeah why is shredder so mad yeah what happened to shredder right 
right? I also think it's a little confusing to have Master Shredder and Master Splinter because they are two syllables each and they start with S and one of yes. them is the bad guy and one of them's like the benevolent, like sort of paternalistic character. And I'm like, man, can we not, like, can we stop doing this? This also reminds me of like the Sauron Saruman problem in the fucking like nine hours of movies I sat through with like dwarves in them and, uh-huh. and hobbits and like people made out of horses and giant spiders yeah i can't even remember the order that those are told in whatever anyway can i can you i see just my make, point yes i do see your point can i also say something i think is kind of funny which is hmm. that um like i'm still in germany right uh yes uh as of today and then tomorrow i fly back and i'm um I'm I like Googled. I wanted to see like Splinter's background or like see what the Internet said about like his character history. And uh, and I just forget that like everything defaults to German. So like when I pick <laughs> up like I, I go to this like Wikipedia um, website, this fandom Wikipedia for turtles uh, or for TMNT. Yeah. And uh, it's just like all in fucking German. Um, it was pretty great but that's excellent uh, deutsche deutsche fans deutsche fans yeah and the deutsche fans uh wikipedia article is way more involved than <gasps> the english version one and i'm gonna see if i can get some translation going on because i have my German. yes is... unlock these secrets what are the cultural secrets that lie buried beneath the teenage mutant ninja turtles uh, international franchise yeah i mean i'm not sure if i'm i'm prepared to uh do like a full cross i love how like when boys from our generation played with action figures they weren't playing with dolls they were playing with action figures that's damn and fucking like, right because right. god forbid we touch a doll my brother had the most amazing collection of teenage mutant ninja turtle dolls <laughs> <laughs> i mean there's so many of them and then he had like the death starry looking thing that shredder lived in that you could like pop open and it was like several tiers of like yeah you know play settings yeah and he had like the green ooze all over everything oh like, yeah oh you could, like everything came with slime in those days yes you could buy buckets of slime back yes. in the day yeah and it was just I, like I, Foul there was like a re- not foul but it was like very chemically smelling and like it was yeah it's not like the stuff that people make now with their kids where it's like oh you can make your own like slime at home out of cornstarch and glitter or whatever no. and like children can like come in close contact with it with no problems yeah i mean maybe that green slime is why all of us have attention problems as adults sorry what i don't I forget what we were talking about um anyway uh... <laughs> no, totally. uh, okay so thank you for stalling while i tell you about the german versus um so so as best i can tell first of all i this is off the cuff here but i'm looking at the website fandom.com and it's turtlepedia.fandom.com and there's there's a dutch or a deutsche there's a german version um there's like a german page and there's mm-hmm. an English page. And so the English page has uh, has like a very short blurb about who he is. And then it has a bunch of images about his different appearances, like from from comic books through to television characters, um, short film stage characters, apparently, video game characters, etc., which is all cool. Um, mm-hmm. talks about action figures, but it doesn't really talk about much of this. It's mostly just collected images. So clearly okay. one of the German fans was like 
more into it and wrote a fucking ton of shit because on the German page, there's um, information about Mirage Comics. So, um, so according to Mirage Comics, Splinter was Hamoto Yoshi's pet, um, <gasps> and he learned from his master's movements and thereby learned the art of ninjutsu. Um, and then when Yoshi, his master, was exiled to America and died years later in the hands of, uh, at the hands of. Araku Saiki, who Saki, who is some other character that we could potentially learn about, who was yeah. seeking revenge for the death of his brother Nagi. Nagi uh, Splinter fled into the New York sewers, where he and four baby turtles um, he accidentally stumbled upon one day. Uh, a strange substance were exposed. Right. So the German translation right. or the English translation of the German, here, like here it is as written. Splinter fled into the New York sewers where he and four baby turtles he accidentally stumbled upon one day of a strange substance were exposed. So basically, uh-huh. um, which I feel like the now that I'm reading this, I feel like, yeah, movie. like I feel like yeah. that short bit was like told. Um, yeah, I remember the little like I remember the little like animated well he wasn't he was like a little puppet of splinter in a cage like mimicking yes. his master's like that's n- right ninja yes. Moves, right yeah. yes yeah so like a muppet almost he was like, like a, a muppet, muppet. Yeah. yeah yeah i kind of remember that too so yeah. um yeah so i mean there's like a whole story there like what the fuck happened with um Ham- hamatu yoshi uh, right like how did this person that he was mimicking know all this karate or ninjutsu and like how what where were they what is this context Yes. Yeah, exactly. Why was um, he exiled to America? Yeah. Yeah. Like all of that. Um, so, <sighs> but like also like in story form so we can watch it on TV while yeah. eating cereal in front of the boob tube yeah. on Saturday morning. Yeah. Cross-legged. Right. With too much milk. Yeah. Well, I mean, like I have a thing with milk and cereal where I will pour in the initial bowl of cereal and the initial bowl of milk and then I will end up with more milk than cereal. So I have to add more cereal and then it'll be not enough milk. So I have to add more milk and I end up. This is my like substance use disorder problem with cereal and and whole milk cows dairy is that there's never a stopping point. There's only more. Yes. And like and then I end up with like dysbiosis because I have like way too much dairy and refined sugar in my gut all at once right before I go to bed usually (laughs) and then I fall asleep and sleep it off and then Uh I wake up in the morning feeling like terrible yeah but worth it because that moment I'm clearly because I'm still doing it on (laughs) a regular basis (laughs) there's this um oh there is this album that I really like and I'm gonna look it up right now just so we can share it um but uh it has this um YouTube music. Hold on. Let me let me pull up my account because I have it on there. Um, so there's this uh, artist called Mitch Murder, and he has this okay. album called Interceptor. And the very first track is that like 80s digital alarm clock, like a grating alarm noise. Oh, my God. But then like you hear the like the click of it being turned off. And yes. then you hear um, like footsteps like like you hear kind of like someone jump out of a bed and then like like bound across the room shut their door and then run down steps and then you hear that old tv tube turn on noise 
yes. and as the static comes up, which to me, I was like, God, what a like an amazing like capture of like that, like 80s, like Saturday morning cartoon, like fever of like, I can't wait to get up early and catch all yes. the cartoons that I don't get to watch, like, or that I want to watch. Um, I yeah. say don't get to watch because I was not allowed to watch TV, but I did, did anyway. Um, right. Yeah. We, oh my gosh. Yeah. Yes. I had the same thing. Like we were allowed to watch TV or whatever. We were not allowed to watch MTV, but then my dad told uh, me how to find it on the sly. Nice. Take that mom. It was totally a secret too. He's like, you didn't hear this from me. Uh-huh. And like by find it, it was just like, here's the channel it's on that you you didn't know or like. Yeah, I think it yeah. was like channel 39 on our cable. And gotcha. I like I as a like I never would have thought to flip through all the way to 39. Probably. I don't know. I get Unless you. I, yeah, I can yeah. imagine like it's like, you know, especially if like the channels start to run out. Like back in those yeah. days, it wasn't like every channel and a TV right. might like tune like, through static like for a while before you. And three was like some kind of public service. There was yeah. four was syndicated. Five seven was like tbs or something yeah. nine eleven twenty one or maybe maybe twenty nine fox twenty nine is our fox channel yeah so there was a it like skipped yeah and so it was like i don't know or and i think it was like we had gotten cable and i think right. i was like 12 and i was totally you know my parents had like mentally engineered me to like <laughs> not know anything basically and I, but i was curious yeah. like, uh, perpetually curious and yeah. so i just found everything out anyway way sooner than they thought i did i just yeah. kept my mouth shut yeah as one should as one should right find shit out Keep your mouth shut and wait until it just happens. That's right. I was, oh man, I was driving down the road the other day. Yeah. And um, I was reminded of like, for some reason, you know when you have an olfactory memory? Yes. Love those. I had an olfactory memory of the smell of the air conditioning in the modified Chevy Corsica that I learned how to drive cars on when I had my driving instructor. And that would have been fully like... That was in like 1995. Uh huh. I haven't thought about that since. Like, it, it was super weird. It just popped in my head the other day. Um, so in the vein of like reboots of movies and things, yes, yeah. I also have started a list of rebooted songs that I think are better than the originals. Mm, yeah. W- would you like to hear? Yes. Um. So the cover of "All Along the Watchtower" by Jimi Hendrix. Of yeah. Bob Dylan's song is much better than Bob Dylan's song. Okay, yes. Um, Ministry's cover of Lay Lady Lay by Bob Dylan is also a better cover than Bob Dylan's song. Yeah. Um, Stevie Ray Vaughan's cover of Voodoo Child is better than the Hendrix version of Voodoo Child. Oh. That's okay. a really good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think I, I think I know it. Yep. Gypsy King's Hotel California better than the Eagles. Oh, shit. Um, Smashing Pumpkins Never Let Me Down Again better than Depeche Mode. Okay. Save Ferris. Yeah. Um, they covered Come On Eileen and they did better than Dexie's Midnight Runners. Although I love Dexie's Midnight Runners. And we ran into a guy who was a dishwasher at a bar we used to hang out at. Yeah. And he looked exactly like the lead singer from Dexie's Midnight Runners. And then because it was bar, eventually we got up the courage to ask him if he was actually the lead singer from Dexie's Midnight Runners. And he said no, but he knew who we were talking about. How funny. Um, I also have... Gary Jules's cover of Mad World that Tears for Fears initially yes. did. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, also, Live and Let Die by Guns N' Roses is better than the Wings Paul McCartney version of that song. 
Yeah, I, I would um, agree with that. And also, uh, let's see. Oh, the cover of Elton John's song Rocket Man um, by Maynard James Keenan and the his offshoot band Pucifer is <laughs> yeah. like nice. way good yeah, compared yeah. to the original. Okay, so here's something that maybe will stoke the ire of people listening. Yes. But like, I, I don't think we've ever talked about this in the podcast before, but I have always... This is where we go from our 300, <laughs> roughly 300 listeners a month back to one, which I'm on. I'm in favor one. of. Like the more... Or, anyway. Yes. Or we attract an angry internet mob. <laughs> yes, yes. Which is so Wait, much worse. Before we say that, I keep forgetting to give the plug of like how you can get a hold of us. Right. And you if need, what I'm about to tell you really, makes you so angry, you need to talk to me about it. Yeah. Here's how. Um, and let me be clear. I don't know that we do this for engagement because we don't have any advertising nor are we like marketing ourselves in a way to try to aff- attract oh, like, yeah. marketing platform um, but we uh, have an amazing CEO and founder of this company Dana D-A-N-A at FCBM.io company podcast Woo! this this whole thing whatever this is um, so if right, you email Dana is. again D-A-N-A at FCBM.io if you send an email to Dana she will get you oriented towards the person that you want to contact either Meg or I um, or one of our other people that we've had on from various times. Um, right. At various times. So, okay, now stir the pot. Ready. Um, Elton John yes. is a completely insincere hack of a musical performer. <laughs> um, I do not believe a word he's saying when he is singing. Um, huh. None of his music rings true for me. I don't believe him. I'm like, you're just like. Like, uh, okay. I mean, so like before I give a response or like before I like, I'm still kind of processing what you're saying. I've never really thought about this. So. Mm. So you um, don't have a, you don't have a staked out position on this. I've developed this over time. I've been thinking about this a long time and it occurred to me while we were sitting at breakfast and a song came on the radio at ideal diner. Yeah. Elton John came on the radio and I was like, I hate his music. In fact, I don't even hate his music. I think the guy who wrote his music was probably onto something and I like the music itself. I just think the way that Elton John performs it does not align with the way that it was written by the person who wrote it and you can tell it shines through. You can hear it. Gotcha. So my take on this just like off the cuff before I get too far down the rabbit hole of what you were saying uh-huh. um, when I like Elton John's music's never been like it's it's iconic and recognizable because I've just heard it over my life um, right growing up didn't it never appealed to me like it didn't capture my like attention and then when you just said initially what you said about it just like being very insincere mm-hmm. I, my initial reaction was like yeah I mean I guess like how I feel about it when I hear it now is I'm like it's recognizable it doesn't none of it grabs me like deeply in any Mm -hmm. emotional way. Um, And also it doesn't feel to me like it grabs him emotionally either. It's always felt to me like it's just this ostentatious performance. Like the man himself is just very like, like gay in the happy way of like, you know, I mean, yes, he's also, I I believe he's gay. I doesn't really matter. His orientation is unimportant. My, my point is like he dresses in this ostentatious, like yeah. outfits and like his performances are over the top and like his, his whole demeanor 
his public persona feels like this huge facade where like to me it's like Mm -hmm. i would not be surprised if the people who knew him were like oh man like this guy has gone nuts with this facade like that's not who he is but like for sure these like amazing colors and flowers and bright lights and stuff it's just like he's just like fuck the world check out this facade since you're all looking over here you know what i mean like i i don't know i mean i don't i don't know that much i think you're right and the thing that bothers me about his music is the dissonance with the content of the lyrics oh sure right like so like there's all of this like i mean like what i think my mom would classically refer to as flamboyant as a euphemism for gay yes what she's talking about in her what she sees in her head when she would make a comment like that would be like elton john or like liberace right 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 Um, yes and so like all there i get all of that i totally get it and i appreciate all of that but for that stuff to be the case like it doesn't line up with the content and the sentiment behind the like songs that he sings and i'm like these things are there's like a weird disconnect here it would be like um i don't know like somebody dressed up as dracula singing the sound of music you're like i don't understand what's going on here (laughs) yes yes it does (laughs) i get dracula i get (laughs) vampires i don't understand why they're singing sound of music (laughs) <laughs> right right <laughs> it doesn't make any sense to me um yeah anyway and, um, yeah okay well um if anybody has got <laughs> suggestions like that they would like to add to my list of songs that are better as covers than oh originals. so i have i have two um okay potential suggestions down. yeah as soon as you said that um so uh there's a band like a, they mostly do covers scary pockets scary pockets yeah um Ooh. but there's a rendition of mbop or mbop um <gasps> featuring lucy schwartz and i think it's fucking fun like i just i think it's kind of catchy and swingy and, and a really fun fun cover um yeah i don't i i would argue i like it better than the original by hansen <laughs> yeah by quite a lot um right i mean you can't really like the original like people say they like it but they really don't right and then the other one and i don't know if i like it better than the original but i think i maybe do which is Mm -hmm. the um cover of take on me by weezer oh yeah i don't know that i have listened to that one i don't know that those are my two that kind of popped into my head yeah yeah, and they do a music video of it, and it's kind of wonderful because it's like this great tribute. It doesn't feel like, you know, it's just kind of like, hey, I mean, it's been a long time. Like, here's here's how we feel about this song, and it's I don't know, right. I think it's pretty fun. So, um, yeah, I'm gonna have to listen yeah. to that one after we're done recording. There's also um, some other interesting covers that I don't think I would add to the list necessarily because I think they're an interesting interpretation, but I don't know that I would. Ar- argue for them to be a like a better version um there's mad world uh feature featuring Haley reinhardt and mike geyer um, okay by postmodern jukebox uh i think okay. mike geyer is the like sad clown or i can't remember oh the, um it's not sad clown though it's uh, um it's like sniffles the clown or something like that right yeah and i i, I really feel sad that i'm not doing it better justice but. hang on i'm i'm looking it up right now yeah um um it is uh yeah i'm looking at a picture of him 
Um, he also did a cover of Royals. Uh, uh, yes. Yeah. Which was uh, Puddles Piddle, Pit, Puddles Pity Party. Pity Parter, p- yes. P- fuck. Puddles Pity Party. Yeah. Puddles the Clown, I guess. Postmodern yeah. Jukebox featuring Puddles Pity Party. Yes. yes. Yep. Yes. Okay. We did it. We we cracked the case. <laughs> yes. Um, highly recommended. He's great. Yeah. Yeah. He's really fun. Um, anyway, I mean, there's a lots of the postmodern jukebox and, um, and scary pockets both do really fun covers on YouTube that are fun to enjoy, but that I would not, I, I think I would argue those aren't maybe necessarily like hard into your list. Like they're a little bit kind of, cause a lot of them are like reinterpretations where it's like in a swing style or like in a, like, you know, um, like big band style of a rock right. song or whatever, but they are fun. But, um, the two that I mentioned, uh, the Weezer take on me, I think for sure. And, um, and then the, the M bop one or M bop. Right. Um, so, yeah. So how's that for some, uh, teenage they're mutant Ninja Turtles you talk? Might. Yeah. And another I thing. Mean, uh, and another thing. I wonder if the like modern TMNT movies have like actual soundtracks with real bands or if they just have like a, a musical score. A good question. I don't know. I haven't seen them, so I don't know. I mean, I wonder what the new one will be like. I, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, if it's got Seth Rogen's hands on it, I will see it regardless of what the sure. subject matter is. Yeah. He does great stuff. Great but stuff. but I want to see I want to see Rat Dad. I want to see like what the deal I is know. with Splinter Please. and like you know. I'm gonna email Seth Rogen and be like Rat Dad. Yeah. Um. So you know, diving more into the German version of uh, TMNT.fandom.com. Yeah. Um. There is uh another comment which suggests that Splinter has mostly been in the background rather than the front and center in the Mirage comics. Um, He was always available to give advice to the turtles, but when it came to direct combat, he proved to be a master ninja despite his age as in like was never seen. Um, (laughs) Oh no. Uh, So I guess there's a, I mean, I'm already just like this roller coaster of uh, it came as a great shock to his family when Splinter unexpectedly died of heart failure. Wait, What? what? Um, I mean, I'm assuming this is some part of the story that was in the comics and the Mirage comics. I don't know. Oh, my gosh. Um, much later. So he died much later. I don't know where, like, maybe there was part of a comic that happened, you know, when he was older. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, let's see. Um, wait. However, it turned out that he had found a new home in the Battle Nexus. How he got there, however, remains unclear. Wait, so again, this is like translated from German. So perhaps the German translation might be better said like they thought he had died, but it turned out he had like found this new place to live or somehow found his way to the Battle Nexus. I don't know anything about the Battle Nexus. Um, Yeah, they like, wait, this is the first we've heard of this Battle Nexus. Where is this Battle Nexus located? Uh, who else is in the battle nexus uh, why is it called a battle nexus well according to wikipedia page or the this fandom page um 
fuck, hold on. The German translation is so much better. God, there's so much shit going on with the German page and the English page is just nothing. Uh, what a fascinating thing we've stumbled upon. Yeah, so the Battle Nexus, according to um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Wiki, <laughs> the German version, two, mm-hmm. in the 2003 series, uh, the Battle Nexus is climactically and geologically a reflection of medieval Japan. The exact spread of the Nexus oh. is not known. The known areas are occupied by hills, rocky cliffs, and dense forests. The sky is purple and a little dim compared to Earth. It's not known whether there are seasonal changes here. The only major vestige of civilization, civilized influence is found in the palace of the ultimate daimyo, ruler of the Nexus who sits on a rocky cliff with a waterfall and the battle arena where the battle nexus tournament is held every three earth years. Huh? Okay. So it's like some supernatural realm. Yes. Yeah. It's some supernatural realm indeed. Um, I mean, I'd be cool with a purple sky. Yeah. And interestingly, so like, I guess the Mirage, I mean, some fan people are going to listen to this and be so upset that we're like coming at this from like some fucking tangent, like smashing through (laughs) all the fucking like, you know, known lore and just like tromping all over it, just pulling up random shit. Um, It's not even canon. Right. Well, so like I'm kind of piecing together that Mirage comics came after the 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 TV show. Um, Because the 2003 series um, was uh, was when all of this happened about the um, yeah so Mm -hmm. yep well that's fucking these things you know these things will never die like we could have been telling so many stories our whole lives and we've we're still telling the same stories uh, like halfway through to dead yeah. Yeah. I mean like what do what we even like we don't even know what we like because what we like is just fed to us like our range of choices is so limited. Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> I mean I I think like I think about this in terms of um like the own the, like the the things that we create and where um so like like I play Dungeons and Dragons with some friends on the week yeah. on some weekends and it's like some of these stories are told just happen they unfold for us and no one else and some of the people in the group like to reach into and stick to um like along with Dungeons and Dragons there is like a bunch of lore that's considered more canon to the like stories that that are told on top of the rule set that are either sold as stories that you can play or games mm-hmm. that you can play. Um, I've always played it without that. I've always played where it's like, you know, we imagine our own world and do our own shit and we don't yeah. even start from that framework. But um, recently I got into like digging deep into like the original um, Gary Gygax and this other guy, uh, Dave Arneson, who like started the started the game or like kind of invented the game and then started the company and then like a bunch of shit happened that I don't need to get into. But um, anyway, like I kind of got into being like, oh, like let's retell some stories that are like from the original, like sort of found like the original thinkers who, who had these worlds they'd invented. So like the last time I was running a campaign or being the, the control like the game, the storyteller or the, basically the dungeon master, if you're familiar with the game, like they, um, 
you know, I kind of set it in this world as like a retell or not really a retelling, but like a continuation to like tell some fill in some gaps that are like known historical parts of Dungeons and Dragons. But mm-hmm. anyway, I think about um, <laughs> things like, you know, like where original content comes from and why some things seem to stick and like become part of like public consciousness and the way like capitalism like really incentivize incentivizes holding on to that stuff because yes. like you know teenage mutant ninja turtles has been reinvented so many times because it's a safe bet financially to mm-hmm. fund more of the story right it's like oh people right. are interested in this we can keep doing it it's much harder to sell original ideas yes um and and part of the problem with capitalism is it's like ideas are being sold as opposed to like you know, I don't know. I mean, I, I think this is maybe one area where it's like, even if we didn't have capitalism, there is something to be said about, um, you know, like idea sharing and people like, like a story gaining traction, even though it's fantasy. Like mm-hmm. I tell you a story and then you tell somebody a story because it was such a good story and it made you feel a certain way and you yeah. want to share that with people. Um I don't know. And then, yeah. And then there's also that thing that we've talked about with like science fiction where it's like a, a practicing our futures, right? Right. Like if you can't, ima- if you lack imagination, you are doomed to, to be reactive to whatever situation is given to you as opposed to being proactive about imagining ways things could be not the way they are and then going right. after those things. <laughs> right. Right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's so I guess that raises questions for me. Like, is rebooting this stuff like I'm holding out my hand? Like, I have a question. <laughs> I have a question over yes. here. Um, <laughs> that was pick me, permanent. Pick me. Yes. In our <laughs> electronics class, when yes. we were like doing breadboards and stuff, I just had one arm permanently in the air. You're like, but I'm why sorry. though? Yes. But what? But wait though. Why is? Why am I? Wait, what? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Everybody else just did what they were told, and I'm like, okay, hold on though. Right. Why am I not doing? this instead uh-huh. <laughs> i need reasons um uh i forget oh what i was gonna say is it raises questions for me about what like if this is, if the the reboots of these like well-worn stories are doing anything to foster creative thought in the people who view them or if they're having the opposite of intended effect or not intended i don't know what the intended effect is sure aside from entertainment like and selling shit yeah um like but like i wonder if it's stifling creativity to like keep rebooting all this stuff i mean the people doing the reboots are obviously getting some kind of creative kick out of it because they're doing the work but like i want like the star wars is just for me the most clear example of this i am so fucking tired as long as I have been drawing breath on this planet, uh-huh. I have been expected to care about that story. Yes. And it's many, 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 many rehashings. Yeah. And I'm just like, fuck, can we not tell another story, please? Like, how many? There's so many other stories out there. I want to talk about that for a second because I the story itself. Like, when you yeah. say that, I'm like... When I think about like what I get from Star Wars and the like when I watch it again, um, like mostly like the original ones I grew up with, like the like I really love um, episode five or the second movie, the mm-hmm. one where they're on Hoth on the that's ice the planet. best one out it of all the of them one. by far. By None far. of them even come close. Yeah. So when I think about those stories, like I don't like the impact that they had on me was never the story. Okay. For me, it was, um, I think it's one of the reasons that I, like, of my childhood, my very favorite movie is Tron. 
for me yes. it was um the like the telling of a deep imagination on the screen mm-hmm, that was mm-hmm. like so foreign and different from the world that we knew so like for me it's like oh so so like tron for instance is the perfect example of like so much happens in that movie that is like beyond like that is super imaginative escapist like it's like you know, this is a fantasy world that they live in. Um, yeah. The way they did the effects, like the practical effects to make things look digital because they had, um, even though it was like one of the first mainstream movies to use digital animation, it was like so little of it compared to like how much of the movie spends, how much of the movie is inside the computer realm and using these sort of neon like light kind of effects because they yes. filmed the whole fucking thing in black and white and uh. hand colored every fucking frame so good it's amazing yeah it's like it's this a, just it's this an, masterpiece it's a staggering of art. work of art yeah yes, it's a total exactly. masterpiece and and it not and in none of these movies are the stories the thing that stands out like they're the writing is like it's okay like i would argue tron is better than star wars it's less epic but i think the story is more concise it's yeah. more contained like there's yeah. more you know it's it's both more star clear and more interesting mess Oh, yeah. No, I mean, it's a huge mess. And it doesn't matter to me because I'm like, I know the story so well. It's like, it doesn't, I don't really care about that. Like the shit that is interesting to me is like that scene when on Hoth, when the fucking stormtroopers come, you know, they're, they're advancing with those fucking a- the AT-ATs, those fucking giant walking plastic dogs. Um, yes, you know, those are so and, cool. And they're they flying leave the, such an impression. Yeah. And they're flying the, the snow speeders around and like, you know, like Luke is like trapped in the, like, you know, gets trapped out overnight. And like all of that is this, like, to me, this like visual stimulating, world of like holy shit like this is so far beyond my everyday experience and also like what a masterful like retelling of this like imagined history and world Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. for me like that's what sticks with me with the movies which is why like i did not enjoy the first three or the new you know the ones that george lucas the numbers one two and three yeah numbers one two and three right episode six right, right exactly Um, And why I enjoy the new Disney ones because they were like, well, here's more of more of the original shit, which I'm like, great, because that it captures the feeling. The stories like I like I think they did a little better in the writing. Great, whatever. But no, I mean, like, you're not wrong. Like the story is just not that inspiring. Right. Right. For so many reasons. I really liked Kylo Ren. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I enjoyed like like, look at that. I mean, like, so there was episode five. Yep. which we loved as and saw as like kids. I saw that as a tiny child. Yes. Like I was yes. small when that came out. Yep. I can't believe they let me watch it. Right. I, I remember being extremely small too, because things that are like a non issue to me today were like a lot of gravity, like him getting his hand cut off, which yes. I don't know if that was in that movie, but um, uh, I think so. I think yeah, it is. at the end at Cloud City, I think that's and right. Is it yeah. the, yes. in Cloud City. And also when he has to like crawl inside of the llama, yeah, at the beginning, um, the Tauntaun. Yes, the Tauntaun. That's at the beginning of the movie. Yeah, yes. some like and serious, a, like yeah, lightsabers cutting flesh is right, happening and having in this to movie. Like, yeah. Yes, and I remember thinking as a kid, like actually having this thought when he crawls into the Tauntaun and it's snowy because I grew up in a very snowy place. I remember yeah. thinking, 
this is good information to have. Right? Yes. Like, <laughs> like, I need to find a fat man and cut him open and crawl inside if I'm about to die. <laughs> right. Like, and I remember just like I to to this day, if yeah. I feel like I've come across an important piece of information, yeah. my brain is like saving that one for later. And uh-huh. I remember thinking about that, and yeah. then you know, like, and and just thinking like, oh, in a snowy life or death situation, I can crawl inside of a llama and right? I'll be fine. Right. And, and then, like, uh, yeah, the hand cutting off thing really. Like stuck they're with tauntauns. Me. I don't know they're why. not fucking llamas. Get. Them. I'm just joking. Space llamas. <laughs> space llamas. <laughs> <laughs> if you didn't want me to call it a space llama, why did you make it a space llama, George Lucas? Make it something else. Oh, fantastic! Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like those movies, they're very formative, right? I mean, yeah. like, they really stuck with me. But also, yeah. like, I can't be expected to care about the same things right. at the age of like two or three when these movies came out right. as I do at the age of forty-two. And but you're still telling me the same story. Like, right. I just you're asking me to have as much concern for like the legacy and like lineages of these people's lives as I do for my own family, which is to say, I don't, that's a lot because I don't have that even for my own family. Yeah. Yeah. I just can't care that much. We should do an episode um, on, I feel like you sent me an article about this, about the hero story. Oh, uh, being, being like not as great as everyone says it is or something like that. Yeah. Or maybe I just saw an article about that and it really made me think and I was like, oh, we should do it. We should do a podcast about that. I mean, I'm yeah. not I'm not at all prepared to do that right now. But um, right. Because I think, but yes, this is a good subject. Yeah. I think like the hero story is often like lionized or fi- zionized. I don't know what the it's it's often zionized yeah (laughs) if it has something to do with like the jewish homeland it's zionized (laughs) okay fair right (laughs) lionized then i think it's oftentimes like it's often promoted as this like kind of um like hallmark of a good story or something like that like you like it's often like this uh template of the the hero story is often tried to be is applied to lots of movies and writing where you know people are like look it's like this and yeah the um, heroes are the worst characters in any story because for in order for like i mentioned earlier like in order to like justify the heroics of uh, like otherwise people who would be doing nothing you have to have some kind of a crisis and so you need to have sure. a crisis actor right and so who's right. like who's your who's your crisis or who's the person causing the crisis that justifies and creates the situation necessary for heroics right. to even occur right right i want to know about those people yes more. like yeah. i don't want to know about the reactionary who's like oh a thing happened i should do something like yeah. no shit <laughs> right yes yeah no shit. like now you're just being reactive uh-huh. like heroes are just reactive yeah villains are like proactive they like do things they have plans they're going after something they're not just waiting for something right. to happen for them to respond to right. right yeah and of course you know there's innocent bystanders and yeah yeah and i think um i, I think the the concept of storytelling is a very interesting one maybe we should get more into on this podcast because i think we both have some deep thoughts about well some very shallow surface thoughts about it that we'd like everyone to acknowledge <laughs> Uh, stories make me feel good yeah i like i like i like stories i like stories um i'm i'm immediately reminded of a particular story that we uh yeah that we were just talking about um which we've told on this podcast before yeah yeah uh but anyway i'll just i 
for those of you who listen to all of our shit, it's the high iron, buster. Yeah, high buster. It's the iron rebar story. Um, <laughs> so good. I don't even know how to like. I'm. Uh, this is terrible to do, but like, I don't know how someone would. I don't remember what podcast episode it's on or anything. No. Um, yeah. I'm not sure either. It would have like popped up in a really weird way, I'm sure, because it has to yes. do with like in the like if I see the list of like uh, you know like the cloud yeah. word thing with like the most common words in bigger font than yes. like the other ones, I see like a number of things that come up like panic attack. Yes. <laughs> is yes. one of them. Like yes. if if we if whenever we talk about panic attacks, that story might come up because <laughs> If someone really is actually anecdote. trying to dive and find this, it's going to be one of our early episodes from the first year of our publishing. I'm okay, yeah, sure. I think you're right because we. The, I told you that story before we started the pod. Shortly after we thought about doing the podcast, yes, but before we started the podcast, I believe that's right. Yeah, um, that's right. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Yes, yeah. it was very in close chronological proximity to the yeah. events that led to us doing the podcast in the first place actually maybe what we should do is when we prep for our next podcast that we do when we decide to talk about the hero story we could apply it to that story mm -hmm. and i'll tell it and then we can be like how does this fit the hero story and then we can I use that as a reference perfect for, yeah i think this is very perfect um, <laughs> um we have so you're going to be stateside again soon and yes, as of lauren tomorrow. Lauren has been helping uh, deal with medical emergencies that yeah. keep popping up. Yes. So she, we yeah. haven't seen her in a little bit, but then she's going to be back soon. And then all three of us can do more podcasts again soon. And it's going to be amazing. Yeah, it's going to be super amazing. Plus, I have two episodes potentially I recorded of me interviewing some expats in Germany. Yes. Um, which and I'll need I to clear with them. So I got to I got to edit them, put them up and then let them listen and decide if they yeah. want them on the air but or on the internet. I think there's one or two that you and I have done too that we There are yeah, that. I've got a bit of a backlog. Oh, um, so many new things coming. I know. Yeah, so many new things coming. I'm very, very excited. excited. Yeah. <clears throat> if anyone is bored and they need to kill 3 hours of time. Yes. I cannot recommend highly enough the some more news episode about Jordan Peterson. Okay. <laughs> okay. It's very funny. Damon almost didn't make it through. We had to watch it in three shifts. Okay. He that's couldn't fair. make it through the whole thing uh -huh. straight through, which I understand. I found yeah. it absolutely hilarious. And yeah. he was like, this guy just pisses me off. And I'm like, I know yes, yes. I've crossed over the like pissed off threshold into the yeah. just sort of like, openly pitying and despising this man uh -huh. like i don't know if he and yuval nora harari are like friends but they ought to be they ought like to. Oh, God. they yes. would become they'd either be best friends or arch nemeses because they'd either be like completely in an echo chamber where all they did was agree with each yes. other or they would hate each other for drawing attention away from each other for the having the same ideas um just to bring it back a little bit uh so we were talking earlier about uh your your thoughts on uh fuck what's his name um fucking musician my brain is like cooked to the elton end. john it's elton because john. you're like way few you've already been up way more hours than me today that's, that's why fair. it's my morning yes. time yeah it's almost seven um so uh elton john, elton john. i was gonna say uh elton john to me feels very much like how i think of um 
now I can't think of his name either. Fucking, it's in that our favorite movie. Uh, so and so is a hack. He makes that crappy art that's like pop art, pop culture art. But he's dead now. Or um, <coughs> Andy Warhol. Yeah, Andy Warhol. I think of like <laughs> like when I think of Elton John music, I'm just like, oh, that's an Andy Warhol. Like you can always tell when you hear yeah. it, even before you hear his voice. It's like, oh, that's an Elton John piece, and it's yeah. like, oh, that's an Andy Warhol piece. And I would argue. Um, that both of them are more genuine than uh, Yuval Harari, whatever the fuck his name yeah. is. Um, Professor Harari. <laughs> yeah. His shit is like, so I went to this amazing bookstore um, in uh, Aachen, uh, which I believe is in Germany still. Uh-huh. Uh, it's like right on the border of the Netherlands. Um, yeah. yeah. Everything and, is on the border with everything else in Europe. <laughs> uh, yes. Yes. That's absolutely true. Um but uh, in Aachen, there was this. There's this old, like steeple, uh, steeple. This old church that's like, you know, churches over here, like the old ones, are like cathedral-esque, right? Like it doesn't count as a right. cathedral because it's not quite big enough or whatever. I don't know. But <laughs> it's like holy two feet shit, shy of a cathedral, but yeah. It's totally um, a cathedral. But anyway, yeah. I mean, massive stone building with with stained glass and stuff, and um, it was turned into a bookstore. And it's fucking cool because in the center of the cathedral space or the church space are these like like modern sort of steel floors with steps. So you can like go up and then like walk around on them and see books and like there's book stacks. And then you can so you can get up closer to the roof of the church and you can see all around it on the outside, um, like on the outside edges. And then you just kind of walk around on the floor of it. And uh, yeah, it's fucking cool. Anyway, there they had a fucking like shrine to what's his fuck and um, homo sapiens sapiens or whatever he calls it. Are you serious? They had like a big setup for sapiens. (sighs) Yeah. I don't know if you've been in a bookstore lately, but it's it just seems to fucking like still be there. Really? Yeah, because he just keeps writing new books and then they just fucking keep selling them. Yeah. Did you notice what the new book was? No, I couldn't. As soon as I saw, I saw like his name and then I was like, no, I turned turned around. Yeah. Run away. I wanted to like run over there and just like mark in all of them this event, but I'm not into defacing other people's livelihoods. So right. Not his Um, livelihood. I'd deface his livelihood on, on a podcast, but I would not want to go into a bookstore and, you know, penalize a bookseller (laughs) because they're trying to make a fucking living selling books. So right. Um, Even if those books are written by people who are total charlatans. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They're like both neck and neck for charlatan. Ness, yes. you know what I mean, like charlataniness. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Jordan Peterson, I find <clears throat> like <laughs> so many people are all about him. Yes, and I don't understand how that's possible because, like, literally everything that comes out of his mouth is garbage. Right, right. I mean, it's just completely unfounded and like made yeah. up crap. And he's also one of these people. So, like, what I find really telling about both of these guys, yeah, is that they both earn PhDs. But uh-huh. none of what they get their money from or do their work in currently has anything to do with the with this, claims to authority that they make based on their academic pedigrees. Right. So they're like, I have a PhD. You should listen to me. And I'm like, yeah, but your PhD has nothing to do with what you're telling people to listen to you about. Right. Right. Like, it has like, nothing to do I'm with I'm going to get a PhD in underwater <laughs> basket weaving and then I'm going to tell the world how to do open heart surgery. Right. And I want you to listen to me because I got this like high degree in this other thing. Yeah, I have a doctorate. Right. I have a doctorate. Um, (laughs) I always think in like (laughs) in the movie Sleepless in Seattle, which is like, you know, yeah, 
Maybe her. Are you sure her first name isn't Doctor? It's going to say, what, "What's it's your like, doctorate in?" It's like hydrodynamic, um, like f- fiber art. <laughs> Sorry. Hydrodynamic fiber art. Yeah. Underwater mask. Yes. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Oh man, that's good. Yeah. That's great. That's some good stuff right there. Thank you. Um, Thank you. Yeah. Well, anyway, uh, and and listen, like underwater basket weaving is cool as fuck. This yeah, is has tight. nothing. Yeah, that's just fucking tight. Do that shit all day long. Amazing. That is not. This is not disparaging against that at all. No. Um, in fact, if I met somebody who was an underwater basket weaver and they had a PhD in that subject, and they told me, I would believe them over Harari fucking whatever his shit's name is. Yes. Yeah, yes. which I refuse to commit to memory because I just don't need to know about it. Right. Just remember Harari and I don't refuse. Peterson. I just well, struggle you won't to. Even, if you remember. hear Jordan Peterson's voice one time, <laughs> yes, <laughs> you will you will be haunted uh-huh. and on high alert for the same timber of voice for the rest mm-hmm. of your life. Yeah. Like if that voice walked into a room behind me, I would shrink up and uh-huh. I would run away uh-huh. because nothing good follows that voice right (laughs) it was i didn't even know anything about jordan peterson until um i was listening to our long lost um sister podcast the maintenance phase oh yeah uh, i love and they did an episode on jordan peterson those girls peeps those peeps um they don't know us at all they have never heard of us but we are obsessed with their podcast because we're like oh my god these people are like from the same cloth i love them enough that i suspect they probably shouldn't talk to me if if you know like right yes please stay away from me so i don't do something stupid because i like that my fantasy world (laughs) i now hear michael hobbs's voice in my head all of the time Uh whenever i hear a claim that i think is absolutely ridiculous i hear michael hobbs making the claim in his voice (laughs) and he's making fun of voice like here's how to sleep for two weeks and not eat a thing you know (laughs) and he does it in that great like Uh like bait click Voice. Yes. Yes. And then I really <laughs> like Aubrey's laugh. Uh-huh. I found myself laughing at a couple of things in a laugh that sounds suspiciously like her laugh, which is very strange. Like now I yeah. laugh like Aubrey because I listen to her laughing so much. Right, all the time. Yeah. Uh huh. And it's always at the expense of some asshole. <laughs> uh-huh. And so whenever I'm laughing at the expense of an asshole, I've kind of now like adopted the tone of her laugh for laughing at assholes fantastic yeah anyway they did an episode on jordan peterson in which they discussed specifically because the focus of their podcast is debunking like fad diets and stuff like that yes um the maintenance phase refers to a phase of any fad diet where now you just keep doing the same thing forever and you never gain the weight (laughs) back right you're in the maintenance phase right um and so like these these people have this i love how diets are always just like it's gonna be a little tough at the beginning Right. Like, you know, it's going to be restricted, right? So you're going to lose the weight. And then, like, when you get there, then you just keep doing that. Right. Forever. That thing that makes you uncomfortable and miserable, just keep doing that. <laughs> keep anyway, doing it forever. Just keep doing it forever. Um, yeah. So, yeah, they did their uh, one episode on Jordan Peterson because Jordan yeah. Peterson, who, like, earned a PhD, supposedly, in psychology, uh-huh. um, <clears throat> got hooked on this fad diet that his daughter got him plugged into and his daughter pulled it from some like neo-nazi website and it's uh-huh. basically where you just don't eat anything but red meat oh, God. and of course he almost died as a result of this 
Oh, this is fantastic. And then he got addicted to benzodiazepines, which any PhD in psych ought to know about and right, like, right. be wary of. And also, if he obtained them legally, then his doctor would have counseled him on the extremely addictive nature of benzodiazepines. But he uh-huh. claims not to have known anything about the addictive potential of benzodiazepines <laughs> and then just kind of took them willy nilly and got like fucking addicted to them so bad that he had to leave America and go to Europe where they were willing to do a detox procedure on him where they put him in a, in a coma, uh-huh. a medically induced coma to get him through the worst of the benzodiazepine withdrawal so he wouldn't die from them. Wow. I know. He is just a mess. And then he's like, but absolutely. I can't even do his accent because it's like I heard it and I was uh-huh. like, I know that accent. That accent comes from Saskatchewan because oh, it's yeah. not far from where I live. And my uncle married a woman from Saskatchewan. And when I flew up there for the wedding, I was sitting yes. outside on the back steps of a um, hotel yeah. and I was smoking a cigarette and a lady came outside and she said, boy, it's hot out, eh? And I was like, ah! <laughs> and that's his accent. But he also speaks in a voice that's like this all the time. And so you're like, Jesus, he sounds like some like deranged Muppet. And so he's just like, <laughs> which would be shrill. hilariously entertaining, except <laughs> yes, right. The content matters. Right. And so he's ta- he's talking about how I had to go to Europe to get off these benzodiazepines. And you're just like, oh, my God, I can't listen to this guy. <laughs> Except at some point when you listen to enough of him and enough yeah. people making fun of him, you sort of cross over into this blissed out state where everything he says becomes intensely funny. <laughs> and I am I am basking in the glow of this state of being. And Damon hasn't gotten here yet. He's just supremely annoyed by this guy. And he's yeah, like, I don't yeah. understand how you can listen to this much complaint about this guy and i was like because the the context in which i found out about this man was a context in which he was being ripped to shreds by very right, funny smart right. people for yes. hours on end yeah and i just can't get enough of like really shitty people being taken apart publicly this is so funny so yeah um the <laughs> the some more news is great because like some more news is always angry about the things that I'm angry about, right? It reinforces my worldview. And so that's why I like it. And I loved listening to their version. And, and throughout the entire thing, Cody is like ranting about Jordan Peterson. And he's like, you know, I mean, and we're not even that far into this yet. We haven't even gotten to this yet. Don't look at the timestamp. <laughs> it's like you're like two hours into this discussion of Jordan Peterson. And he's just, he says, he says and does so many fucked up crazy things that like it takes forever to unravel all of them. You know what I mean? Yes. Oh, that's weird. Why can't you hear me? Oh, no. Well, Ned says he can't hear me, but I'm still recording. And so, um, yeah, if you don't hate Jordan Peterson already and you would love to hear somebody make fun of him. Yes, I can hear you. I can hear you, and I don't know why you can't hear me. My computer says it can hear me. Oh, great. Oh. That's weird. It was working. Should we just, should we decide that this is the end? Oh, Ned ran out of disk space. Well, that's the end of that. I'm just going to pause here. I'm waiting. I wonder if everybody else can still hear this conversation. (laughs) I'm totally hanging on and I can still hear you. 
I'm standing by. I'm talking right now. Talk. Nope. Yep. Press the stop button. Yeah. We'll just hit stop. Well, all right. Send us D-A-N-A at uh, fcbm.io if you want to send us email and thanks for listening and wash your hands and like you know wear a mask if that's important because uh shit's still fucked oh yay there you are i was just like saying the end things <laughs> great great we did fine. All right. I'm just going to stop it right now. Thanks, everybody. Bye.